Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. All right, well, last week we began a little series called Eyes, a little two-week series. And, um, you know, we just briefly uh, just review, uh, catch you up. Uh, we just talked about how our eyes are impressive. I mean, the, the way they were designed, they're, they're protected. And, uh, but that's an that's implication of, of our, of our uh, spirituality, too. That our, our vision is always going to impact our spirituality. So the way we said it was the, the state of our vision always will impact the state of our soul. And so to do that, we just um, looked at the Bible. And we said, biblically, you can't separate vision and spirituality. Like, your eyes and your sight are always linked to your soul and your spiritual life. And you just simply can't get in the Bible without making that connection. And one powerful verse that... Uh, is, is good news for those of us who follow Jesus. It says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it said, we all that have had the veil removed, we can see. We can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us what? Makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So that verse right there is saying when we fix our eyes, when we, when we focus on the glory of the Lord, it's not only we're just fixing our eyes on that, but we can be transformed into that likeness. And that's what we need to do. Well, because of the power of this world and, and all the things going on and all the images and everything flooding our minds and our eyes, we, uh, we introduced the idea of looking at images such as this one, Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And more than an old painting or something that you maybe see um, in different churches, there's an importance of what you're flooding your mind with and the vision, because the health of your vision will determine the health of your soul. And that was just um, wrapped up in a powerful scripture from Matthew 6.22 that says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. There's so much in our world that our eyes look at. They're always working, Right? And we need to flood them with images because when, only when we look at the glory of the Lord can we actually become like it. You can't be what you can't see. Abram Heschel said a quote like this, what determines one being is the image one adopts. And as a pastor, as a church, we want you adopting the image of Christ. We want your eyes to be healthy because they are the lamp of your body. And when they're healthy, guess what happens? You're full of light. And that's what Jesus Christ is. He is the light of the world. And only then can we be a church that actually goes into a community as light and the darkness simply can't, can't overcome it. it. It pierces the darkness. Uh, so all that stuff um, links together. And our simple challenge was just that fixing your gaze on Jesus, looking at Jesus, it should transform you and gave you practical steps how to do that. So today we're going to continue talking about eyes, and you know the term eyes comes up a lot in our everyday language. Like we, 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 we talk about eyes probably more than we realize sometimes. Uh, for instance, I googled just sayings with I in it, and what came up was a ton of them. I mean, we cry our eyes out, we wink our eyes, we bat our eyes, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, a sight for sore eyes, I, I, I can do that with my eyes closed. We talk about the eye of the storm. When Stephanie talks about me, I'm easy on her eyes. Uh, I'm eye candy for her. Um, 
we say, man, we got a, we got a bird's eye view of that. We, or, man, you've got an eagle eye. You can see that? Wow. We say, keep an eye out. We say, keep an eye peeled. We say, man, that was an eye opener. Or we say, wow, my, my eyes popped out of my head, right? On and on, these, these sayings go, eyes, eyes. We, you just can't get away from it. Eyes are powerful, and, and they're just everywhere. Images for the eyes or, or visions that the eyes create, sayings, everything. When we read the Bible, especially just as um, a teacher, I just want you to enjoy the Bible. And the only reason is because I want you to love God. And, and the Bible is given to us that when we read it, we can come to know God and how he's acted all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament. And then we see how he's worked in our individual lives or even as a community, as a church. And, and, and so the appreciation for the Bible just leads to the love of God, right? I mean, that's who we're in love with, you know, okay? Not just a, a book, but the God. And within that, though, I think sometimes it's always easy to be, like, stiff in our reading, and we can't think about, like, hey, we can laugh at the Bible or just picture ourselves in there and how we would interpret things and, and just, you know, just get a little... Get a little chuckle out of it sometimes. Just, just, just see what's, what's being said and, and just try to imagine that scene. And I think it just helps the Bible to become a little more real to us when we can, when we can kind of interact with it like that. Um, for example, check out this very uh, clear image in 2 Kings. From there, Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some boys came out of the town and jeered at him. Get out of here, Baldy, they said. Get out of here, Baldy. He turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. And he went on to Mount Carmel, and from there he just returned to Samaria. Like, good old day. Like, <laughs> you kidding me? Like, don't be calling me Baldy. Like, bears, now, kaboom, mauled 42 of them. All right, I'm on my way now. I just head on up to Mount Carmel and then back to Samaria. No, no, no thing. Are you kidding me? Like, and, and, and I'll be transparent with you, right? I mean, I'll be complete transparent with you. I am a bus driver, and there are days where I'm like, Lord Jesus, <laughs> if it's possible at this next stop, I don't care where the two bears come from, <laughs> but bring them on to my school bus and let's do some mull, mulling. I'm just being honest. <laughs> oh, man. Well, today we're going to look at a story. It has to do with our eyes, and, and I still think it's kind of a humorous story. It's, it's got some humor in it. Um, and it comes out of John 9. And John 9 is all about this man. He was, he, was, he was blind. He was born blind, okay? And I'm just going to read a few verses for you, and then we'll talk about it a little bit, and then I'm just going to touch some other points of, of that. So let's just start in John 9. It says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. 
while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Go ahead and just circle verse 5 or just make a note of verse 5. And then verse 6 continues. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told them, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So the man went and washed, and he came home seeing. What an incredible story. Okay. Now, my go-to, if you said, hey, Kyle, act like a blind person, I always just like lift my chin up a little bit and close my eyes. Like, that's my go-to. I don't know what you think about blind person, but I'm always like, like that, okay, I'm acting like I'm blind. Well, but if you know, like when you're blind, right, other senses are, are stronger, right? And, and so I just can chuckle a little bit when I imagine this story because I'm thinking the disciples are with Jesus talking about this guy as they're approaching him. This guy can hear. He's blind, but he can hear. And so if you're blind and then you're hearing this, And I'm just thinking, like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, who's spitting the loogies out there? Hey, like, what's going on? Who, hey, who, who's, come on, man, don't be doing that. Who's spitting? Where are they spitting? You right? Now, here's the thing. But if the people are coming already talking about him, he's hearing the chatter. He's hearing the commentary of the disciples. And, again, it's a little fun, but, I mean, if you're watching Jesus, you're probably talking out loud, like, what's he doing? He's, he's getting ready to spit. And the blind man's hearing this, like, well, what do you mean he's getting ready to spit? And then, oh, is he going to spit in the dirt? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to spit in the dirt. He's, spit, he's spitting in the dirt. Again, blind man, like, where? Where? Is it close to my feet? Like, where? Where is he spitting? Come on, guys, help me out. I'm blind. Um, and then so they're like, man, he, he's playing in it now. He's like making mud. Is he, is he going to set that on that dude's eyes? Like, What's he going to do with this? Like, what? Eyes, my eyes, you know? Like, this whole thing goes down, and he finally puts mud on his eyes, right? And then he tells him to go wash, you know, in the pool and, uh, and, 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 and wash it off. And he came home seeing. And I still think there's probably some disciples back there, like some of you all would probably be like, hey, I'm taking notes on this. Hey, was that one part dirt, two parts spit? <laughs> What was that recipe? You know what I mean? Was it phlegm in it? Was it a little nasty? You know, like, what, what made it sticky? You know what I mean? Like, I'm taking this recipe down. <laughs> I've, got, I've got gold here. So he goes and washes it in this pool, and he comes home seeing. Now, if you're into reading John, um, you would notice that there is a very purposeful thing going on here, and that's associating it with water. Back in uh, John 4, we've al already had a story about the woman at the well and the deep well of grace and truth that comes through Jesus. It was revolved around the water. In John 5, there was another man healed by going to the pool of the water. John 9, this man born blind going to the water. And this is ultimately going to lead up to what? Water, baptism, water from the side of Jesus at the end of John is gushing out, right? To purify his bride, the church. That's you and me, okay? can't get into all that right now, but it's very fascinating and very, very cool. Okay, so water is a big deal here. It represents healing and restoration. And so he does that, and he comes home seeing. 
I mean, I just can't imagine that. Like the transformation of one day. But yet I can too spiritually. I can, I've been there where I've had transformation, right? In, in, in a moment where it's like, man, you can see now. Okay, so what happens in the rest of this story? So I'm just going to, like, you guys on your own time can read the rest of John 9, but I'm going to hit some key verses because there's a point being made here. So in John 9, 11, the, the man born blind starts talking, and he says, man, this man they called Jesus, he, he made some mud, he put it on my eyes, he told me to go to Siloam and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see. Okay, guys, this is testimony. That, that's what this is. This is him giving his testimony. All right, John 9, 13, a little bit later. So they brought to the Pharisees the guy, the blind guy who now can see. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him, how did you receive your sight? Again, this testimony. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. And then a little bit later in verse 24, a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Hey, give glory to God. You need to tell the truth. Like, we're getting aggravated now. Like, tell us the truth. We know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. And, and he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. And then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Again, like, and so now the blind man's getting mad. Now, this is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. The blind man not only visually was being able to see, but he spiritually was getting the big picture now, right? Like, only people are godly who do the will of the Father. And Jesus clearly says, I've come to do the will of the Father. And so this guy, this man, he, he is seeing the bigger picture. But what, what is it being contrasted against? It's being contrasted against the Pharisees who are stuck on their agenda they can't get up overlooking at this in their own life to see a bigger reality going on, a work of God. I mean, this blind guy kept giving his testimony. Like, can I get an amen? Like, dude, you all, I was blind, now I see. How many times do I have to say it? Yet Pharisees were, were bogged down by their own agenda that they could not see nor celebrate nor be in awe of what Jesus was doing. The scary thing is, guys, just as a side note, is that happens to you and me a lot. So if I was to say, gentlemen in the room, you get bogged down a lot sometimes with your own agenda and that you don't even realize what's going on with your family. Like you're completely out of tune, so therefore you're completely missing it because you just get bogged down with the details of your own agenda. Wives, maybe it's you. May, whoever it is in this room, some of us are tempted to get bogged down with our own agenda that we're missing the work of God that's going on all around us. 
that's a scary thing. And that's a question today. Are, are you in a season of your life right now where you would probably say, man, if I'm being honest, I'm a Pharisee. I'm very focused in on this. I can't even really tell you how I'm seeing the hand of God move because to be quite honest, I guess I'm not even looking for it. Some of you, though, would be like, man, God's doing some really cool things and, and you're seeing it clearly and, and you're walking with him and that's fantastic. As a pastor and as a, as a church, of course, that's our heart, that, that's our cry, that's what, that's what we want to help everybody get to that point where, where we're seeing things through the God perspective, right? That, 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 that's, a, that's a hard, terrifying test. Now, I told you to mark verse 5 just because he said a, a reference about light of the world. I just wanted to bring this to your attention. See, a chapter earlier in chapter 8, verse 12, we, Jesus told us this. He said, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, so light and life now are connected, right? You see that? So anytime you read light, you got to think life. And anytime you read life, you got to think light. And it's being contrasted against darkness. So we can say darkness is the same as death, right? But in the next chapter, John 9, if you look at the bottom of the chapter, he talks about our spiritual blindness because he connects it with physical blindness. And, and then he, he teaches about spiritual blindness and he connects that, 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 that sight is life. So we can have three words against three words here. Are you following? We can have, we can have life versus death. We can have sight versus blindness. We can have light versus darkness, right? What is blind? Like that guy was blind. blind. That, that's pure darkness, you know? But then he could see, like amazing. So, so already we've got these three themes going together. And that's what these are interchangeable for each other because it, it, it's the spiritual truth. The state of your vision impacts the state of your soul. Okay, so a year ago, a little over a year ago, um, my wife and I, we had an optometrist appointment, right? Go see the eye doctor. Um, I, she, she's good. She's like great, great to go vision. She thought she might not be, but she is. And, uh, but me, um, reading, studying, I, I got to have glasses to do all that when I'm doing heavy stuff. Um, so that's a lot. So I usually wear glasses just to do that kind of stuff, but not for stuff like this. But, you know, when I went to the optometrist, like, I wasn't fully expecting, like, they mess you up. Like, I was not ready for that, right? Like, you sit down, next thing you know, they got drops going in your eyes, and then it's like this, the brightest light. I think they got it from heaven. I mean, like, <laughs> just shining it right in your eye, and they're just like, hey, you need to look at the light. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, never mind. Okay, so I will look at the light. I will look at the light as strong as I can. And then, you know, and then they, they do all the things. And then by the end of it, you know, they're handing you, like, protective things to wear over your eyes outside. I'm like, hook a brother up with some little pre... I didn't know I needed a DD for, like, an eye appointment. You know, like a designated driver. Like, it's crazy. They mess you up. So, and then it's, like, also, you know, guys, the, the, the spiritual connection, we, we've, we've heard it many of times before, but it, it, it pays to revisit and meditate upon is the whole nearsighted, farsighted thing, right? I mean, it, again, eye doctor, that's the only medical condition where they name it the wrong way, right? They name it for what, you're, for what you're good at. You know what I mean? It's like, 
If I had a broken arm, you, you don't say, I'm good-legged. <laughs> you know what I mean? You say, I'm, I got a broken arm. You know what I mean? So don't tell me I'm nearsighted if my eyesight is the opposite wrong way. You know what I mean? It's like, why is this confusing? Like, just call me what it is. Okay, so, but within this, guys, the nearsighted, farsighted, whatever, the spiritual weight of this is so profound, though, right? I mean, again, again, some of us, some of us, we get so fixed on what's here in front of us that we just, we can't even see it. It's just completely blurry out there, and, 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 and there's just no vision of where we're headed. So, so these decisions are, are, we're not making these decisions clearly because there's no vision out there. And, and, we get, and we get so wrapped up in this that we don't think about that. And there's heavy ramifications for that. But then the opposite's true. Some of us are so career-focused, so driven, so like determined to, I want to do that and I want to do that and I want to do that, that, man, the, the things that are nearest to us are, are just completely blurry right, that, that there's no, that, that we're completely missing the mark right here, and this is such a dangerous, dangerous place to be in, but it's a reality, it, it is a, a, a clear reality, and, and we could line up, and, and some of you would say, yeah, I am way tempted to just always look out there, and I don't take care of this, I mean, it, it can be good stuff, that's the thing, it can be good stuff close, it can be good stuff far away, but when it's the only thing it starts to derail everything because it's not in balance. Again, we've got to get this in balance. And there's a story about this that I want to get into. It comes out of John 4. So we're just backing up a little bit in John 4. Let me just set the scene for you. Jesus is at the well with this woman, Samaritan woman. And the disciples, he's, Jesus has been having a conversation with her. And again, read that. But... In verse 27, his disciples come back into the story. So we want to kind of zone in and we really want to pay attention to what happens. The disciples returned and it says they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. Which, because that's, you weren't supposed to do that. I mean, you know, women, no. And a Samaritan, like you definitely don't do that. I mean, two big reasons and other things there. That's a whole nother lesson. But the point is, is, like, Jesus, why are you sitting with her? Like, like that's a no-no. So, of course, the disciples are surprised to see this. Like, that would catch your eye, like, what's going on over there? And then John gives us details about what didn't happen. Usually, as an author, you're going to give details of what happened. Now, we get details of what didn't happen, because obviously, it's important. So, John says, they were surprised but no one asked. No one asked, hey, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Like nobody asked that. Guys, you and me, we see things sometimes that turn our head and we just keep walking. We don't take time sometimes to be like, whoa, 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 hey, what's up? Like what's going on? Everything okay? When we are in such a fast-paced world, we do this. So listen to what happens. Then, leaving her water jar, this, this woman gets up and heads back into town. Now, town's not very far away because here in just a few moments, she's bringing a town full of people to come see Jesus. And she left her water jar, which means 
She certainly is coming back. Like, you don't leave your water jar. So now that the disciples see this, eh, probably on their own agenda, don't, don't say anything about it. She leaves, clearly leaves her water jar, another signal. And you know what the disciples want to do? Let's just say, hey, Jesus, come on. Let's go get some lunch. Let's go, let's go to stables. You know what I mean? Like, let's go eat it up. Let's just go get some grub. And Jesus says, what? No, I've got food that you know nothing about. To which the disciples were like, well, kiss a fat baby. How in the world did you get food? Who, who brought you food? How, how could you have gotten? Did you bring him food? Did you bring him food? Okay, Jesus, you pulled another one on us. Where did it come from? Tell us. Who got you food? He's like, guys, no, no, no. My food. My food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Like, that's my food. Don't you have a saying, he's telling the disciples, don't you have a saying that you guys say like, hey, in about four months the harvest will be ready? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, open your eyes. The harvest is ready now. They're plentiful. All the fields, I mean, they are ripe. They are ready. Open your eyes. See, the disciples had completely missed it. Jesus, who came to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth now, was spreading the kingdom of heaven, and they were missing it. The lady was getting up to go get a town. By now, a town full of people are walking this way, and they're still saying, like, they're, they're, they're missing it. Hey, come on. Let's go get some lunch. Like, like that's what we want to do. We want to eat. The kingdom of heaven is about to advance, and yet you're missing it. Open your eyes. Like, like open your eyes the lady the people don't be missing it and so what happened i want to tell you what happened just a few verses later in 39 it says many many of the samaritans from that town believed in him why because of the woman's testimony again just circle testimony it's such a huge word in the gospel of john because of woman's testimony he told me everything i ever did so then when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And because of his words, they became many more believers. And then they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because you told us about him. We've heard for ourselves now, and we know that this man is really the Savior of the world. That's like glory, hallelujah, amen. Like being saved. They have found the Savior of the world. The problem is the disciples had missed it. Like they were concerned for lunch. And, and, and here's the deal. You're entitled to want lunch. Like wanting lunch is a good thing. But not having lunch for the sake of them is a much better thing. Like, like there's going to be things in your life, guys, where, yes, this is good for you. Right now, it's not the best thing. This is the best thing. Right? Lunch is a very, very s adequate question. We need to talk about lunch. Not right now. Like, like you're missing it. Open your eyes to see what's going on. But if we're honest, our crazy agendas, our crazy fast-paced schedules, I mean, we always say like, oh, yeah, we did it. 
Okay, but there's ramifications of that. We miss kingdom advancing moments. Because, hey, belly's growling, right? Or appointments are made. Meetings are scheduled. Like, like things happen, and we're missing it. The disciples, what a lesson. Think about that. The disciples, after kind of being like, oh, then they got to sit there for two days under the teachings of Jesus and see many people come to accept the Savior. Like, what a lesson for the disciples. Like, oh, yeah, we really missed this one. But, and then God, Jesus showed them for the next two days, like, this is what you were missing out on. You see, it terrifies me to think sometimes of the, all the times I've missed. I mean, a great fear is to sit there and see a replay of where God was like, open your eyes, Kyle. Open your eyes. Open your eyes, Kyle. Open your Because I'm just doing my own thing. My world's right here around me. And I miss these incredible opportunities to advance the kingdom of God. See, lost people matter, right? I mean, that's the heart of our church. Lost people matter. The, Jesus Christ, that, that, that's what he's doing. He, he is coming to redeem lost people. And, and, and yet, we have this incredible temptation to close our eyes off to it, to only be focused in our little world. And Jesus, today, I think, would just grab each of us and just say, you need to open your eyes more. Like, Truly, open your eyes more. We all would say, oh yeah, I walk past people all the time. I hear a comment or I hear something or I think, I get a feeling like, I need to check in on that or whatever. But we just keep going. What if, we, what if we're missing, man, the avenue that that person not only is going to get saved, they're going to go back to a hometown and many are going to be saved. Why? Because it's testimony. See, the testimony is so important to the Gospel of John and to just John himself. In his other letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, right? All these letters, that's why John always writes, we know you're the children of God because, we, we know you're children of light because, he always uses these phrases because he knows of the incredible distinction between those who follow Christ and those who don't. And that those who follow Christ would have a much more light, powerful uh, freedom in their life. And he's saying, this leads, this is why testimonies are so important, because then you speak of it, and you tell people, and you tell people, and then guess what? When people hear about it, they want to come hear for themselves. And finally, we get them face-to-face -face with God, and they hear from God, and salvation is brought. Open your eyes. Guys, this world does move fast, and we live day-to-day -day very quickly. There is an enormous weight for us to grasp of, God, please let me not think I'm this important. Let me open my eyes and see there is brokenness and lost people all around. This is why when Paul in Acts 26 is talking about his conversion and what Jesus himself said to Paul, he said it like this. Jesus was talking to Paul and he said, I'm sending you to them. To open their eyes, Acts 26, I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from what? Darkness to light. It's the language you can't escape. And from the power of Satan to God. Why? So that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are what? Sanctified, holy, 
transformed in the image of Christ. They are sanctified by faith in me. Do you understand the connections made here? Yeah, we, we, we can talk about sight and blindness, but it's really light and darkness, which is really life and death, which is really the power of Satan versus the power of God. Our eyes are incredibly important. We are talking about having eyes open. Why? So that we can see. Because what's the plan of God? The plan of God is for people outside the church, people outside Christ don't know that they can't see God, right? So what's my goal? What, what, what's our job? When we know and we open our eyes, we are sent out to them. Why? Because we're to open their eyes so that they can see it, so that we can help get them snatched from the hands of Satan himself. Guys, I don't know what makes you mad, but that makes me mad to think I, I see people and they're locked up, right? We've got to be a church that is broken over this. Man, because then when they're set free from that, man, they're in the power of God. This is why Psalm 146, again, another, another similarity. The Lord sets the prisoners free. Very visual image. A prisoner now set free. Think about that. But what does he say another way? The sight to the blind. Like, it's about being a prisoner, about being free. Man, it's like if you didn't have sight, and now you have sight. It's powerful, powerful imagery, and we are the plan. Like, like, like we are the plan. And, and there's a whole many more, right, that we could go with this series and talk about imitators and how that's all throughout the New Testament, that the world's supposed to follow us as we follow Jesus. Like, their eyes are to watch us as we watch Jesus. I mean, it's a whole other thing. I have to stop. But here's the problem, or here's the point. This is powerful language, and it's being told to us to not only open your eyes, but so that you can go help others open their eyes. Let, let me just c conclude with another, with another story. Um, and it's another gospel story. And uh, it's, it's from the gospel of Mark, though. I'm changing it up on you here, okay? But in John, uh, you don't have to turn there. I'll just tell you about it. It comes out of Mark 8, and as you can imagine, it's another blind guy. Um, and this blind guy is a different blind guy. And Jesus comes up to him, and the Bible says, he takes him by the hand. long before you're even saved Jesus is working in your life he's guiding you to the salvation moment he's guiding you when you think it's pure darkness you don't, you don't get it all figured out then get Jesus right this is a clear, clear picture of it beautiful image darkness he takes him by the hand powerful image and he leads him and they go just outside of town and then it says he grabs him Okay? And he spits again. This time there's no dirt. It's just a full frontal spit in the face. That's, that's what happens. No dirt this time. And then he touches his eyes. And the guy blind opens his eyes and says, can you see? And he says, I can see. I see people. And they look like trees walking around. 
once more. It says, the Bible says, once more. See, that's the God we serve. We serve a God who says, once again, yet again, but God, yet for the mercy of God, yet again, once again, God reaches out. It's the story. It's the theme of the Bible. Yet again, once more, Jesus grabs the blind man and touches him again. And in that moment, he opened his eyes and he saw everything clearly. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. So here's, here's where I want to land this with you guys this morning. I feel like there's a lot of us. See, that guy blind, he had to have been able to see before and just went blind. I mean, how else would you know what a tree looks like? How else would you know what people look like, right? I think there's some of us in this room that that's what's happened to us. And there's a lot of applications to this. I'm just going to bring out a couple. I think a lot of us just are seeing trees walking around. You see, trees, there's, there's no life in that. There's no connection. It's just numb. It, it's dead, right? You, you, don't, you don't relate with a tree. But that's what your world has led you to become now. You're seeing trees walk around. Now this might be in your home. Your wife, who used to be absolutely gorgeous to you, is now just a tree. I mean, I mean, like, you don't see her the same way anymore. It's your kids. Like, your kids, really? You, you got no relationship with them. They're just walking trees around your, your house. Whatever your application is, but a big one is lost people. That you go about your business every day and there are just, it's just walking trees. They, 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 your vision has, has gone away. You don't see lost people. You, you don't see broken people. You don't see heartache around. You just see walking trees. And so my prayer, my request, my encouragement, my hope for you is that we would say, God, please, oh, please, touch me again. And let me see everything clearly. And just be, just remove the scales and let me see clearly again. And you know what the eyes of the Lord are doing right now? The eyes of the Lord, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to look, to strengthen and bless those whose hearts fully committed to him see how beautiful that is like the eyes of the lord are looking for people who are surrender and just just surrender because he'll take you by the hand and then he'll touch your eyes why because he wants to strengthen and support he wants to bring life which is actually bringing light which is actually bringing sight he wants to bring sight to you and i think many of us if we're honest we've got some walking trees that we really need to start seeing Lord, please, God, touch us again. As a church, for broken people, as individuals in our day, God, let us see clearly. God, touch us again. Yet once more, reach out and touch us. And, and let the scales fall away. And let us see you clearly and see you now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and believe.